This episode of the Zero Cafe podcast is made possible by our partners, Online Influence Institute and VWO. Today I'm talking to Jeremy Horowitz. He's a partner at Messenger Mastermind. Then we're going to talk about using SMS for e-commerce. In case you missed the previous episode, last time I spoke with Iqbal Ali and we spoke about some statistics, uh, namely his article about Bayesian expected loss. And you can listen to that episode on www.zero.cafe or in the podcast app you're listening with right now. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12. Jeremy, welcome to the Zero Cafe podcast. And first off, of course, we would love to know um, how you got started in this field. Why are you working in uh, in optimization? Yeah, so one, thanks for having me. And so how I got started actually was basically my career. So coming out of college, I went to a program called General Assembly where we learned how to do product management. And then as I fell into my e-com career, um, it was just, it was the first project, honestly, I was assigned to was to, I was given, hey, go figure out how to make us more money on the website. We need to convert more traffic. Um, and as someone with a background, I've always been obsessed with game theory, psychology, especially social psychology. Um, it was something that I just found really interesting of how do we put experiments out into the world in real time, get real feedback, and then on the same side, analyze a bunch of data, do a lot of research with customers, talk to people, try to figure out what are those signals that indicate patterns and behavior moving forward. Um, so yeah, I kind of honestly just fell into it. I would love to say I had some like great background and I was really prepared for it, <laughs> but it's really just like I showed up in my job in the first day and it was like, Jeremy, people are hitting the homepage. People are not, not enough people are buying, figure out what's wrong. Yeah. So how, how on earth did you get started? <laughs> what did you do? Do you remember? What, what did you do? That's, so if someone gives you that, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. It's fun to do. But how, where did you, fresh out of college? <laughs> yeah. What did you do? Uh, spent a lot of time freaking out and then spent a lot of time starting in GA. So luckily from just my previous experiences, I'd also started a digital-based business. It was more on the SaaS side, but I started a business in college. So I understood like how funnels worked, how the progression worked, what we needed to do. Um, and then honestly, that company was really awesome because they gave me a lot of bandwidth and just kind of free range to go and plug in a bunch of tools. So I had heard about heat mapping. I had heard about user, I had done user research previously, but I had heard about all these user research tools that I wanted to start using. So I made a case based on GA data. I talked with our customer support team, tried to get some color to what the data that I was seeing, even though learning back, like if I had to do it again, I would have never done it this way. But um, it was enough to get me going. And then I was able to put in heat mapping. And then after heat mapping, I layered in those user sessions um, and then worked essentially with the marketing team to start actually doing real interviews. Um, and so it was very piecemeal. The first project by no means went smoothly, um, but it allowed me to get the basis of how do I put all the pieces in place that eventually I was able to consolidate all of those things probably three or six months later where we were properly running research beforehand, properly running A-B tests and using all that data to inform what we were doing. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a trial by fire getting started. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, where was the fire? Where, where were the main mistakes that you that you made in those days? Oh, man. Um, okay, so from the website perspective, we just really needed to spend a lot more time on PDP. And I just wanted to spend all my time on checkout and homepage because I was just like, the highest value has to be here. So that actually led me to probably the biggest lesson and the biggest transformation of uh, your gut it will only get you so far. You really have to put your ego, your pride, your thoughts aside and really take more of that scientific hypothetical hypo, uh, hypotheses, uh, that scientific experiment process 
to how you think about things, right? It can't just be a, oh, I have a feeling or from heuristics, I think something is happening. While that's helpful to inform, I learned it was helpful to inform your perspective. You have to go to ground of what is the fundamental problem that we're solving? What does the data say in that respect? And then where can we layer on to have a greater understanding of the problem that we're facing and then run our experiment to come back to what are the results we saw to be one, get enough results to inform our original hypothesis. And if we did, what does that mean? Um, and it was a really great experience of learning how to just kick off that virtuous feedback cycle, um, which I think is really, really important that I'm sure everyone on this podcast will appreciate a lot. I'm sure that everyone on this podcast who they talk to internally might not. Um, but it was just a really great lesson for me to learn. And it was so fundamental in all the other areas that I've branched out to and I'm working on now, running that same process, really understanding just the full cycle of an idea and a problem to what I guess we think the solution is. Yeah. And you say you have a lot of interest in, in psychology. So uh, how do you apply that? How, how did you, uh, how do you go about uh, using those principles for, from well, mainly theory, like say it's just theory. And then <laughs> how, how do you take that into practice? Yeah. So um, if anybody hasn't read Thinking Slow and Fast by Daniel Kahneman, there are so many just fundamental principles in there, loss aversion, uh, confirmation bias, a lot of those types of principles that once you think about how you can apply them to experience, and I think just a, just taking a step back for a second, one thing that I think is just so cool about e-commerce and just the digital space in general is that you're trying to take one-to-one moments and something that you would do like right in sales and person in a retail experience and just blow it out to, I mean, some, some properties I've been working on hundreds of thousands or millions of people at once. And so it's how do we take that one experience, the motivation that someone is applying to, and then how do we take those either biases that they have or underlying principles that we know that they're making in a buying decision and then apply that at scale. Um, so one of the first real CRO projects that I cut my teeth on after that first debacle was a free shipping test. Um, and just thinking about, and it's really interesting. I talk about this with my girlfriend all the time where it's like, if you're going to spend 50 bucks and they're offering you free shipping at $70, don't just spend $30 to get the, <laughs> to get the free shipping. If it's only gonna, <laughs> the free shipping is only going to cost you six bucks. And it's so funny, like being on this side and then seeing it from the other side, uh, but taking those one-to-one experiences and how people think and how they're motivated and what is really driving them to make that decision. Cause something else I was thinking about is a buying decision is so interesting from a psychology perspective because it's so irrational, but people try to apply so much rational thinking to it um, that there leaves a lot of really interesting opportunity for people like us to create what I like to think of as great experiences where someone just wants to give me their money. Yeah, exactly. And so how do you go about uh, educating yourself? I think a lot of people in CRO uh, well, it's, it's a very diverse uh, background that we that we all have since there's no well, there was no real zero in college. <laughs> um, so there's there's people from um, uh, that are more uh, in, in in front in, into front end development or in uh, web analytics or in design. Uh, how how do you go about uh, teaching yourself more about that those behavioral economics? Yeah, uh, the beginning Google. Um, yeah. I literally like, I just had a problem and it was like, what a hair, my hair is on fire was something immediately, um, over time, it got a lot more kind of structured. So finding people like Nira Yal, Daniel Kahneman, kind of like those people that are, I mean, I got a lot of value of them, but I think they're kind of well-regarded in the space. Their books are pretty influential. Um, back in like 2015, 2016, just obsessively reading the Optimizely blog. I think at that time they were putting out a lot of really just 
good, valuable resources, not only from the blog perspective, but they had calculators, they had all these other things that yeah. um, were really informative. And then honestly, testing. Like so much of this just came from mistakes um, or just actually let me rephrase that hypotheses that didn't confirm what I originally thought. <laughs> um, and there's just so much, so many interesting experiences That's in a that good correction. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just, there's no mistakes. There are just hypotheses that didn't pan out the way that I expected them yep. to. Um, and then, yeah, I also feel like kind of once you pull the thread, once you read Kahneman, there's a bunch of other people that reference Kahneman. And so thinking in bets by Annie Duke was another really interesting book that was more on decision-making but then I also kind of was like, oh, well, if people are just doing this, how do I apply this here? Um, and so I think it's those three pieces. Like if you're super motivated to learn and test and understand, um, it always feels like those. you always go searching for those things and those things seem to find you. Yeah, I think um, especially Kahneman, um, of course, it's, it's, it's roughly the, the Bible for people that do this, uh, this, this work, right? Uh, we'll link to that one in the comments. If you haven't read them, uh, uh, the, read that book, definitely do so there's also an audio version if that's uh, something you prefer i mean you listen to podcasts anyway if you if you're hearing this so <laughs> there's there's an audio version of that but yeah I th also the the thinking bats was a really interesting uh, book i think she recently uh, published another book uh, on the on a similar uh, similar topic um yeah I, I i can't remember the title but if i um, if i'll uh, find it after the show i'll put it in the in the in the show notes what we're actually going to talk about today is specifically um, sending people messages uh, when when they're on an e-commerce store, uh, and that's something you uh, you specialized in. So tell us a bit about. Um, well, first off, um, yeah, wh why should we use? <laughs> very very broad. About. Let's let's talk about how, why we should even start using uh, SMS more than we currently do. Yeah, so this really was a hard-learned lesson that I won at that previous role. So I was working as e-commerce manager for Lumi, which was Kim Kardashian's favorite selfie case. And what came along with that was a monthly social post from Kim. Uh, at the time, I think she had something like 100 million followers on Instagram. And so what that monthly post does is it puts an immense amount of traffic through your site at once. And I spent months racking my brain, how do we increase conversion rate? How do we increase AOV for these key moments? Because... Like it, it would make or break our month, depending on how we did in that 24, 48 hour yeah. period. Um, and then someone gave me a recommendation. It's like, hey, have you been capturing everybody's contact information to bring them back? And I was like, no, because I'm not going to interrupt their shopping experience because I want to convert as many people as possible. Um, so after more research and more thought and more just seeing how other people did it and then running some tests myself, I realized, well, pop-ups could actually help our conversion rate in the same session. And then we also have an opportunity to bring people back. And so what I really learned to be really valuable was if you create a really intelligent pop-up experience throughout your normal shopping funnel, you can capture the person's contact information. But then because everything is so connected now and because we have so much segmentation and automation ability, we can actually immediately use email, SMS to bring people back to actually improve our conversion rate in AOV. And looking back now, I'm like, yeah, obviously, this is how it works. Then this was like a massive revelation for me. And so what, essentially what I've been working on since then is how do we create a seamless tailored user experience on site where we can capture the pe people's contact information and then as soon as possible, but also thinking more of that seven to 30 day sales cycle that most brands have, how do we use those two channels specifically in that holistic experience to improve those core metrics like conversion rate, 
AOV revenue per visitor yeah. that we can get essentially the biggest bang for our buck of converting more people in the short term, but then also building marketing channels for the marketing team that have long-term ROI and all of those great benefits. What did you learn from uh, optimizing that's uh, uh, the pop-up? Uh, what are the things that, that worked and didn't work? Um, yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of interesting things. And it was, it was interesting to see how I put my influence and perspective into it and then let the testing run its course. Um, people always will complain about pop-ups. So on the research side, people will always say that they're bad and never want to experience them. The data has always proved in my testing that pop-ups do extremely well and help a lot of people. Um, so it, it always depends on what the brand's perspective is and what the specific goal is. We found both entrance. So as someone hits the site or within about usually 15 seconds to 25% of the page scroll, we found it to, to be very effective in capturing the information. Um, and then exit intent to be really, really helpful. And especially if you can tailor messaging to key moments, um, things like the product detail page, the cart, um, or FAQs have actually been an, also an interesting exit intent moment that we found some interesting, some great results from. Um, and so while people will always complain and people will always say it's bad, the not only the experience and the core metrics, but also the conversion metrics that you get from it are just incredibly high. And then the last piece is it for the brands that I work with, at least, and I worked with in the past, it has always been, the, if you do them well, it is always the number one driver of growing your lists, whether they're email, SMS, whatever you're looking to build out. And so there's, it's just interesting that it's like something that nobody wants to do, but it's so high impact. And then really just make sure that all of those things are coordinated. Um, the really cool thing and why I like to really focus on SMS is that the average SMS message is open within three minutes. So if you can think about a really tailored on-site experience, if somebody's coming to your site for especially the first time, they want to learn more about your brand. If you give them a compelling reason and some sort of offer to give their phone number and then immediately deliver that, but you know that they're immediately going to open because SMS also has a basically virtually hundred percent open rate. It's something that you can tailor into an experience where you don't need to overcomplicate the shopping experience, but you can provide this tangential kind of additional experience that will help people make their purchasing decision faster. Yesterday's brainstorm was so good. I really liked Steph's idea of running that test on the call to action buttons. Making them orange will really make them stand out, don't you think? Yeah, right. Do you want to design real A-B test winners and achieve enormous conversion uplift? Then stop brainstorming and take a scientific approach. If you can read Dutch, follow the steps in Online Influence, the bestseller on managementbook.nl. Or enroll in the author's course and become an expert in applying proven behavioral science yourself. Go to onlineinfluence.com for more information and free downloads. Yeah, and are there specific use cases where where sms works uh, uh better than than for email i mean it's it's very similar as in uh, you have a way to contact uh, the users and you can use that for uh branding purposes or promote your uh, blog posts that you have uh, but you can also make it way more commercial and promote products promote sales that kind of stuff is there a difference in that sense between email uh, how you use email and how you use uh, sms messages yeah so i would say the main difference is the average email open rate is somewhere around a 15 to 25% open rate. The average SMS open rate is like 95, 98%. Like I'm not exaggerating. That's currently what we're still seeing. And yeah. so the way that I think about it is 
SMS is the message that you want slash need someone to open. What is that most important piece of information? You have a big product upcoming. You have a major promotion. Um, or if you just get really creative, you can deliver that key experience and make you SMS a unique channel. Email is going to be your like run-of-mill company comms. Like you want to put everything in email just to make sure that you hit the like you cover your broad strokes. But you really want to save those key key moments for SMS because while ever, it's really exciting to have a ninety-eight percent open rate, the other side of that is that experience and what you put in front of them really matters because every customer that you send it to is going to see it. And so it's not like email where if a specific message doesn't hit or somebody doesn't open the email, there's a lot of other factors and variables that you can go into testing to see what will resonate better. Someone opened your message and didn't respond they, in SMS, they didn't resonate with the message. And so that's a really important piece to understand when sending that through that, sending any message really through that channel. Yeah. What are good events that's, uh, that really resonate with, uh, with people when you send an SMS message? What are, what are they responding to? Yeah, so what we found to be the most successful are new product launches. And so a creative way that you can also capture people's info and push them to purchase and kind of like the full experience here is someone comes to your site and you're going to offer them something in a pop-up or somewhere to capture their contact info. And it's usually a discount code. Sometimes it's content. Uh, What we found to be really is exclusive and early access to new product launching. And so people get really excited. They're more compelled to give you their contact information because everybody loves it, like Red Velvet Rope Experience, and they want to be first and they want to know about it. Um, also, the other thing to keep in mind is, is that the people who do give you that information are basically telling you, hey, sell me stuff. <laughs> um, so it's important to keep in mind. So we found that just capturing that contact information, letting people know, and then even if a new product isn't coming immediately, you can send them a message saying, hey, here's our best sellers or here's our new arrivals. And so you can immediately kind of cater where you're putting them through the user flow based on the signal of intent that they're giving and then just following up. And then you basically have a list in your SMS of, hey, we just launched new product. You're the first to know you got, I mean, you don't even have to be exclusive. You can add exclusivity if you want to drive some urgency to it, but you have first access. Here's what we just released. Um, And then you can just drop them right back on those new products. The second thing that we found really effective is high value content, things that really align with the brand. So for a fitness apparel brand that we work with, workout and nutrition guides have been really high value where we're seeing one of the things we sent out had a 95% click-through rate. So for everyone it was sent to, 95% of people clicked on it to view the content. Um, That we found really, really valuable because while that won't necessarily, well, we do see direct sales from that. Like people will go back out of the PDF go back to the website and buy. But the other important piece of that is it's a good brand building experience. And it's also good from what I call indoctrination. Like you want to give people the experience outside of the commercial side to help them understand why they should buy from you. And there's, yeah. it's, it's challenging to do all of that in a one onsite or multiple onsite experiences. Whereas if we have what I call a net in our other channels, it could be retargeting as well, but I like to think of mostly an email and SMS of here's all the other information that you need to know to understand to make a buying purchase. Um, It's also just good to have more exposure to those things that maybe your service propositions or your third-party validation or user-generated content that people want to see and view. Um, But when you're thinking about a really clean, optimized funnel to get someone to purchase as quickly as possible, might be missed. Yeah. And in in terms of... uh... Of, of ROI. I don't know if you've ever done comparison between uh, email campaigns and, and SMS campaigns. I mean, it's it's basically free to send an email. 
Um, SMS messages cost a bit more. Um, so, uh, but on the other hand, click-through rate is much higher. So how do, they, how do, how do these uh, stack up in, uh, in terms of uh, the effectiveness of, of, of campaigns? Yeah, so I love this question, but I also want to caution that no one should ever see this as an if-or. Like it's, you want to do both. It's not that you want to stop your email program for an SMS or not do an SMS program for your email. You're going to get the highest returns by doing both. Um, for the brands that really complementary to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a common mistake as people start to adopt it is that they think like my can my, if I launch SMS, it's going to cannibalize my email revenue. Or if I really want to continue to invest in email, I'm not really sure how I add SMS. Um, and I think that's actually a really common mistake we, from all the testing we've run across all of our brands. We've actually seen not only does SMS add incremental revenue, but email revenue actually goes up incrementally as well. Because, and this gets into just like more of the marketing side of things. But if you think about like you're texting a friend, like if I email you to make plans and you don't respond, but then I text you a couple hours later, referencing that email and giving you some other information, it's more likely that hopefully you respond to the SMS, but you also might go back and then respond in the email. And so just think about how busy people are. And at least the majority of brands that we work with are mobile first. 70, 80, 90% of their traffic is mobile. The people are just doing too many things on their phone to focus and get through one experience at a time. And so those reminders are helpful as part of that like net to bring them back. Um, but from to answer your question, from an ROI perspective, um, we've seen great things. I mean, it all depends on the brand and depends on the audience. We've seen <clears throat> on the lower side, uh, return on SMS be anywhere around five to ten percent. For certain brands, it's around fifty to ninety percent. Uh, sorry, ninety x. Um, should probably rephrase that. It's five hundred to a thousand percent. If I'm going to go in a percentage basis, and five thousand to ten thousand percent. Um, because yes, it costs a couple cents to send every message, but if you're delivering really high impact, really valuable messages to your customers you're going to drive a lot of meaningful purchases to the store. And going back to that point earlier, it's immediate. I call it a quick Twitch channel because you send an SMS. And if you're looking at your, depending on what platform you are, but at least Google Live View, within five to 10 minutes, you'll see the corresponding traffic spike from an SMS send versus yeah. your other channels. And so there's a really, for, how, for where we are from the evolution of the channel, there's a really interesting moment where you don't need to do all these crazy attribution stuff, the studies. You can really just see we sent message and we're seeing result. Yeah. Do you feel it's it's much harder uh, to capture the phone number of a, of a customer than it is to capture their email address? Definitely, yeah. And I'll, I'll just think about it like for myself, I must have, I think I was kind of, I must have like 10 emails. And I even have an email that I specifically use for promotions and like, give to websites, you only have one phone number and it's so much more of an intimate channel that um, it's interesting to think about. You're not going to capture as many phone numbers, but the phone numbers that you capture are going to be way more high intent and you're going to be able to reach them at a much higher rate. So what we like to do is we like, we don't want, we have what we call our two for one pop-up. So if you come to a website, you get the pop-up and it looks exactly like you would expect email pop-up, some sort of offer input field. And then on the thank you page for that, we'll have an SMS offer that's slightly better. So um, I hate using discount codes, but like a simple example is if we're going to give 10% off for an email, we're going to give 12% off to get the SMS as well. And then the email and the SMS are both routed through automations to bring people back to the site. 
Um, yeah. And what we found through that to be very effective is it doesn't impact email at all because we didn't change our email pop, pop up really. And then instead of either routing people through some sort of copyable discount code in the pop up back to the site, which was a great zero tactic like four or five years ago, I think people have customers have kind of caught on to it at this point. Um, or waiting to deliver the email, we just give them that second opportunity because we know they put in their phone number, we send them an SMS message immediately with whatever the offer is, a link back to buy. And then we consider that to be a more high intent moment because they've given us all this contact information. They're also willing to go back to the site. And so we see that propel a lot of people to make purchasing decisions faster as well. So despite SMS being, being older than email, um, it, it feels like um, um, email got way more adoption. Um, I think part, partially because it's free and you can cram in much more content there. <laughs> so everyone in, in your company will be happy because they got some some information in there, uh, in, <laughs> stuck in the uh, put in the email, and that's that's much harder to do with uh, with SMS. You're much more limited. It's uh, uh, it's only text, uh, limited numbers, number number of, uh, number of characters that you can uh, put in there. Uh, but as you say, it's it's so much more effective, and especially if, if you get that more intimate uh, relation. And I do see more companies uh, catching up with it. So, what 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 do you expect to happen in the near future? Do you would you expect if if more companies would start doing this? I would expect like a, a decline in effectiveness of this. That that maybe we we all get multiple <laughs> multiple uh, phone numbers, one for my <laughs> for the promotions, and one for my family, and one for my business or whatever. Uh, and um, uh, maybe there are probably already services out there that give you like ten phone numbers, so you can use it for this. Uh, and that will make it less effective. Is it is it already a trend that you see coming, or do you say okay, well maybe in the future, but don't worry for the next 10 years. Yeah. So I'm going to give two answers to that question. First is going to be my dream of what would happen. And then two is going to be my more pragmatic <laughs> analysis of what's going on right now. So let's start with the dream. My dream is it turns into much more of a conversational channel and it really deviates from how companies use email today of a broadcast one to many channel. The really cool thing about SMS and what some really innovative brands are doing is that customers can respond And then you can tailor the message back to them to create really unique user experiences. Um, So an example of something you can do is you can give someone an option of multiple keywords. So uh, I'm wearing a black jacket. So let's just say I run a black clothing company and all of our stuff is black clothing. And we want to know, do you prefer jackets, hoodies, or t-shirts? And we are coming up with creative content. What I can do is I can send out an SMS message being like, hey, Do you want to learn more about our hoodies? Do you want to learn more about our t-shirts? And do you want to learn more about our jackets? Think about this. I should have picked a food brand that would have been way more interesting. Um, But then the the customer can respond with a keyword to that message. And then you can create a completely tailored flow of replies to that customer. So if I click on hoodies, I might be taken to an Instagram video of a really cool video of people wearing the hoodies and doing cool streetwear stuff because we're a streetwear. I I just made up our streetwear brand now. Uh, For t-shirts, it could be different t-shirts designs. And then I can vote on the t-shirt that I want by replying with a specific keyword. Um, And for the jacket, it could be, I could like learn more if I want to understand how the jacket's made and all those different pieces. And so the technology and the fundamental pieces are there for people to treat the channel that way. My pragmatic answer is people are treating a lot more like email. So yes, I do think um, we've heard and we've seen a lot of early tests that both Android and iOS are going to start rolling out 
some sort of split SMS inbox. So very similar to how in email you do have, but just like you mentioned, your personal, your social promo updates, all of those different things that I think I'm a Gmo user. So that's what I associate with, but your other or your promo tab. Um, iOS will probably be rolling something out in the next 12 to 18 months in that respect. Um, I have a Pixel 4. I've already seen that being tested in my SMS app um, where you can also start marking people as spam. So what I'm going to net out is I hope it's somewhere in the middle. I know that a lot of people will probably treat like email and just blast a lot of promos. Um, Also, just the one thing to keep in mind with SMS that's so different from their channel is that there's extremely strict regulation in place already. It's called the TCPA. Um, And I would highly recommend looking at it. We have a bunch of resources. We've covered this on our podcast before if you want to learn more about it. The high level is, is if you don't properly capture someone's information, if you don't send them the right information, and if there aren't certain parameters in all of your messages that comply, you can get a five to $1,500 fine per message sent. So if you think about most, I'm assuming most companies on this are probably would be sending in the thousands to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of messages. Um, there's a lot stricter rules there. So what I think is people are going to adopt it. People are going to learn a couple hard lessons. Um, hopefully there's a lot of other people and the provider, the vendors themselves will be really proactive about being like pushing people to the more beneficial user experiences of using the platform. Um, and then we'll meet somewhere in the middle. There's probably gonna be a lot of blasting. There's probably gonna be a lot of broad promotion. Um, and then I guess I'm here and I want to just keep creating those great experiences to make sure that the channel keeps this kind of magical moment that we're experiencing where, you can create a completely unique experience that's tailored to your brand and your customers will be excited to receive your SMS messages. Like, I think that's, that's the interesting thing as I've, and we're starting to branch out a little bit more into the marketing side of this, but really coming from the CRO side, which everything was so analytical and research-based to the marketing side of like, you can truly delight people with good experiences. Um, and so I, and people always like remember the bad experiences first. And it's like, oh, I hated that ad or I hated that email. But the emails that work and the emails that people share, like, I don't know if anybody in the, this, or if you're familiar with Chubbies, but people sign up to their email who are never going to buy their product just because it's entertaining to sign up for their email. And from a serial perspective, that gives me all types of headaches because I don't know how, to, how you would like <laughs> remove people from your email list or segment them that you don't know are going to buy. But I think there's a really interesting experience of how we can leverage these new technologies. There's a lot of stuff coming on site as well. Um, that is going to be just create these really unique experiences. I think if we use properly and people like put the creative thought into, it can be really good or everybody can kind of just treat it the same way as they're treating everything else. And there'll be those, what I would call mediocre efficiencies that we see. Will this work? Hmm, maybe not. Isn't that what we're all trying to figure out? With VWO, create an A-B test different variations of your website to continuously discover the best performing versions that improve conversions. Stop guessing. Start A-B testing with VWO today. One thing you uh, just um, uh, mentioned is that you ask people for uh, for feedback, right? Th- uh, through uh, through SMS. But I can imagine that, I mean, with email, I mean, uh, people get a lot of emails, so you don't get a lot of, lot of response for that. But for specifically for SMS, it's more personal, but it also costs money for the customer to to reply to your email, because SMS, at least as far as I know, <laughs> still costs uh, uh, cost money uh, to send, um, uh, depending on the plan maybe that uh, that you have. Wouldn't it make sense then to, if if you want customers to respond? 
to switch, uh, you already have the email uh, address, but then to switch to a, a platform like WhatsApp uh, so they can reply for free. Would that make sense? Or Yeah, so... Um... And I'm going to always stick to, to SMS. Well, no. And I've got most of my experience is very limited to the U S so I'm going to try to be somewhat cultured here and say that there's definitely what we would call cross pollination of moving people from one channel to the next. I think that you need to be cognizant of what most likely your customers' plans are. Like, I think why SMS has really taken off from a lot of brands, especially U S based brands is that, at this point, most of the major carriers include it as part of your monthly bill. Like you get yeah. free calls, free texting, and then you pay for data on the side. And then there's all of those plans as well. Um, so I'm not as familiar with the European or Asian market. So I really cannot speak to that as well. And then you also have to think about um, what percentage of your customers are cross-border because yeah. sending a text message from, if you're a US-based company or Europe-based company to a corresponding different location that will cost a lot of money. So that is something that you need to, like everyone needs to take into account. We haven't gotten to the place where uh, international carriers are working together and we have some sort of unified pricing and infrastructure, the same way that email does. Um, that also, I will tack on to my dream state, hopefully five to 10 years from now we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's something to keep in mind is that while SMS works really well, if your customers are on WhatsApp and especially more in the international I shouldn't say international markets because it's most of the world, but non-US markets. WhatsApp will be a lot more adopted. And it's it's interesting because, yeah, we say SMS a lot, but really we mean text messaging. And I think text messaging can be done through WhatsApp very effectively. Um, I know that there are a couple of vendors that facilitate the same type of like marketing platform and backend that will connect to your e-commerce POS and your WhatsApp so you can get all the data and all the segmentation abilities. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just using those mechanics and finding the right channel that really works. And it's going to be really interesting to see how brands across the world can move from email into these other communication channels, because unfortunately I feel like email isn't really a communication channel anymore. Um, I find, I see very, very few emails in my inbox that are ever asking for any type of response from me. Um, whereas I think these other channels are, have the potential for more customers to do so because it's what people are naturally doing in them today. Yeah. So basically it can, it can be anything. It can be iMessage, can be WhatsApp, can be Signal, SMS. So when, when people uh, uh, now hear you talk about this and think, oh shit, I, I'm not doing anything with this at all. <laughs> uh, I run an e-commerce store. Uh, I have a lot of people on email. It needs struggling to get uh, to get the conversation going. Um, do, you, do you have some practical tips for them on where to start? Are there maybe some some tools out there that can help you? Uh, let, let's assume I have a web shop uh, with uh, uh, that, that's global, um, um, international market, and I start collecting email or, or um, uh, phone numbers from people. Where do I get started? Are there, are there tools out there that can help me? Yeah, so there are, and it almost seems like every marketing platform and app that's existed in the past 10 years in the space is also getting into SMS. Um, so some of the new players on the space are, and they're probably bigger in America than they are internationally, but PostScript and Attentive. Um, but Yapo just bought SMS Bump and now they're rolling out an SMS line. Clavio launched SMS recently. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't know any of the WhatsApp players anymore. I'm not sure if any of the, the vendors that we used back in the day still exist. There's also some weird things going on with Facebook. They're trying to consolidate 
Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram DMs into one app. So I also hesitate with WhatsApp today just because there's a little bit of uh, the you're renting your you're renting your land there to build your house on top of, and Facebook yeah. constantly moves where the land is. Um, <laughs> so I would be a little cautious today. I do think that WhatsApp is going, if it's managed properly, will be the largest player in this space over five ten years, um, and will have immense value to a lot of brands, especially internationally. Um, but yeah, honestly, depending on what platform you're on, there's slight variability, but there is so many players and so many people are getting into this as well. Um, that it's, it's really finding what's the right feature set for you and what makes the most sense for your brand. Um, but yeah, you shouldn't have a tough time being able to find options. Finding the right option might be a little bit more complicated. Yeah. So, so what, what should we look for? Is, is what are the important things to look for when, when picking such, such a platform? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it really aligns to your business In SMS. I kind of see two camps evolving today. You have your essentially old school marketing, like batch and blast, not a lot of segmentation, not a lot of customization. Um, and then your other camp of people who use Clavio a lot and want that deep, rich segmentation and get really custom. Um, so I would say for, and I want to, I, I want to be conscious of an international audience. Um, I would say for your like real list adoption, mass growth, SMS bump, which is Yapo's SMS company and attentive are going to be your best bets. They have the best list building tools. They have the best compliance and all of those pieces that can really build your list up. Yeah. And then on the more like deep, rich segmentation side, it's going to be players like PostScript, um, I want to say Clavio. They have all the back end. They don't have quite of the list building features that we've seen from the other platforms. I think they'll get there eventually, and they have forms that they've rolled out, and they're trying to weave SMS um, into that experience just as deeply as they've built email. So it'll be interesting. I, if, if we talk again in six to twelve months, I'm sure that the that association and all of this will completely change, and it'll be very very different. Just because we're It's been interesting to see. I've been doing this for about four years. It seemed very slow until 2019. And then 2019 to, ne to early 2020 has just been a meteoric rise. But I also feel like we're, we're here in the curve, not here. So all of this is going to change a lot. It's going to be really exciting for the people who get in now. The, here's, we've seen a lot of early wins. We know that things will probably proportionally, our results will, won't be 98% open rates and 20 to 30% click-through rates forever. Um, but yeah, it's just a really exciting time for creative marketers and for creative CRO specialists who want to dive in and create really unique experiences. Yep. Um, it's going to be a fun ride for the next probably 36 to 48 months. I think it's going to be, um, be interesting where this uh, goes. And I hope uh, a lot of people are now thinking, hey, this, this is a channel that we don't use at all <laughs> or uh, not as much as we should. And I hope they, uh, they got some inspiration from you uh, to do this. Uh, so thanks, uh, thanks a lot for that. Um, uh, final question. So who, who do you think I should invite for the show? Yes. Who do you think have, have more of these things or insights that people say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not using that at all. So going back to true, like website, CRO optimization, two really interesting new technologies that I think are going to have a tectonic shift in the industry over the next two to five years, hopefully even sooner are first, I recommend Brian Anderson and they sell, um, I've recently been very interested in learning more about headless commerce and progressive web apps and basically 
what that means, how that works, how that will completely, I mean, you have to essentially rebuild your site on top of this. So how it will completely change the on-site experience. Um, One of the coolest things and some success stories that I've heard from talking with people who have done that is lightning fast load times, which anybody who works in CRO, that has always been our boogeyman. Um, And then the second piece that I would say that's really interesting and that I think will have a really impact on a lot of people's funnels if they do well is I would also recommend interviewing Ben Parr from Octane AI. I was recently talking to him on our podcast, the Messenger Mastermind podcast, and they're rolling out these product quizzes. And so I don't know if you, it's more of like what Stitch Fix did early in the day. And those like, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions to learn more about you and then make a lot of recommendations on the back end. Um, what they're doing from an on-site, persp- on-site per- experience and then also translating that into your marketing and creating one experience that creates a lot of data and results for your brand. Um, I think it's just going to really change a lot of how we drive people to the site, how we put people through user funnels, how we, na- how we help people navigate to the products that they actually want to buy. Um, and I used to build these in type form and then try to embed them in websites. And it was a complete nightmare and it was a technical uh, I don't know if I can curse on the show. So it was a complete technical nightmare. Put it that way. <laughs> um, That's fine. Okay. And it was a complete technical <laughs> clusterfuck. Um, and it was a huge, just it, it created, it was an incredible experience to provide for customers. And it was, we saw great results from it, but it was, an, it was really hard to implement. And so seeing, uh, uh-huh. and this is, they're only in the Shopify space for this product today, but I can only imagine that they'll expand out into all of the other POSs. Um, but yeah, I think those two are going to be two really tectonic shifts that we see um, that will really just change the way that people buy things online. And so mm-hmm. when all when people move to a new watering hole, I'm always fascinated by how does that watering hole work? How do we get water to more people faster? And how do we get as many happy people as possible? Cool. Well, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you just mentioned this, but if you are, haven't uh, checked out Jeremy's podcast uh, uh, yet, it's uh, Messaging Mastermind. And uh, I bet you're available on all the popular platforms right shouldn't, shouldn't be hard to find you yes we are and we recently released an episode with a great guest wink wink uh <laughs> that if you want to come check out and learn more about cro um we just released your episode so really excited to thank you for having me on it was great interviewing you as well and yeah if anybody wants to check us out we're on all the major platforms also messengermastermind.co perfect thank you so much jeremy uh, great talking to you and i'll uh, talk to you again soon great thank you bye-bye And this concludes Season 3, Episode 12 of the Shiro Cafe Podcast with Jeremy Horowitz. Make sure to check out the show notes on the Shiro Cafe website for links to some additional information on today's topic. In the next episode, I'll be talking to Rishi Rawat and we'll be talking about how to improve your bestseller sales by 20% in just 90 days. Talk to you then and always be optimizing.